looking at the trajectory of Arizona basketball, where it's been, where it's going, and a lot of conference realignment. Let's get to it here on Locked On Wildcats. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, we got a lot to get to this show. We're going to, especially with recruiting going on, we're going to pay a little bit of homage to Tommy Lloyd, where the program was, where it's going from here. We're also going to talk uh, more conference realignment as well, maybe a little bit of Jed Fish. Got a lot to get to today. Again, happy Thursday to everyone out there. But first, let's talk a little bit about Arizona basketball. And as everybody knows, that's really the, you know, that's that's what pays the bills in Tucson right there. I know football is always a big deal, but let's talk a little Arizona basketball. And think about where we were at this time last year. I mean, not that long ago. This time last year, you had a program you had a fan base that I think it's fairly, eh, it's fair to say, was pretty much beaten down in that you had multiple, I mean, it seemed like pretty much every year, right around the corner, there was going to be another NCAA investigation or an FBI or what assistant coach now is getting arrested for doing things they shouldn't do. It was just kind of a comedy of errors after a while, and for a fan base that came up with Lute Olson, that, you know, honestly, was pretty much scandal-free, it wasn't something that this city was used to. And when you think about it, you can put up with a lot if you're winning. It's difficult to put up with that same amount of stuff if you're not winning. And that's kind of what happened, you know, with uh, Sean Miller. Sean Miller didn't win a tournament game in his last five years here at the U of A. Now, one of those years was COVID, but that team also finished fifth in the conference. I don't know that anybody thinks that they were really going anywhere. Um, the other year was a self-imposed sanction. That's tough. I mean, you self-imposed something for you, you got caught with. So I don't really give you a pass on that one like I do COVID. So, and then, you know, it just it just felt like it was time. Sean Miller looked tired. He didn't, you know, build up a lot of uh, credibility with a lot of people because, quite frankly, he was a jerk a lot of the time. But at the end of the day, Arizona basketball was kind of at a crossroads. And you hear the name Tommy Lloyd. And Tommy Lloyd comes in, and everyone's like, who? I mean, if you were really in-depth in basketball, you probably knew who he was, but you didn't really know exactly like who he, what he was, what he did, anything like that. So Tommy Lloyd comes in, and all of a sudden, he talks about, I'm going to be opening up the offense. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to let guys, I'm going to give guys the freedom out there to express themselves until they give me a reason not to let them do that. And I think with uh, Arizona basketball fans, that's, okay, that's a lot like Lute Olsen right there. That's a lot like Lute Olsen. And the court, the product hits the court. And Arizona is running and gunning, outpacing people, 
blowing out preseason top five teams, going in, you know, ran through the out-of-conference schedule, had one hiccup against UCLA, and, or two hiccups against UCLA and Colorado in the, nat, or uh, excuse me, during the conference. But you go in, you win a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, you win the Pac-12 regular season and postseason, and you look back at what some of the stuff that Tommy Lloyd said before the season, and it was pretty clear that he had some, he had an idea of what he was talking about. He, he was asked what he thought about this year's team. And the first thing he said was, I think we got the potential to be pretty good. I know what good teams look like. I've been around them. And then the next one, which was really fascinating, was that he also talked about what it looked like for Christian Coloco, because, again, a lot of people had thoughts on Coloco. We're going to get to that in just a second. But he said, I think Christian has the possibility of being the defensive player of the year in the conference. He's, I think he can do that. And lo and behold, all of that came true. And the cool thing about it, too, is that Tommy Lloyd did it with a smile on his face. Have fun in sports. That's what we're here for. Have fun. And Lloyd did it. And he also showed, too, you don't need to... You don't need to just go off on players left and right. You don't need to just be fuming at the officials, snarling at the officials. You, it's okay now and then to just look like you're having a little bit of fun out there. And Lloyd did that, and he did it, like I said, with the demeanor. I'll never forget, he with the TCU game, when Arizona's down three, and Ben Matherin has the ball, a lot of coaches would have called a timeout. A lot of coaches would have started stressing right there. Not Tommy Lloyd. Tommy Lloyd went... And he looked at Ben, calm, cool, and collected, and Ben Matherin got the ball, and he cleared out of the way, and he said, basically, let's go. And he went, and Matherin not only scored, but the game went into, obviously, the game went into overtime, Arizona ends up winning, the rest is history. But that also is kind of the confidence, the cool, calm, and collectedness that Tommy Lloyd inspires right there. And so you look into year two, and a lot of coaches, I think, would... A lot of coaches, I think, would look for the quick fix. Tommy Lloyd isn't about that. He's not looking to get a transfer that doesn't fit in with what he wants to do, that doesn't buy into the big field program that Tommy Lloyd wants to create there. He's looking for guys that are great fits. And you know what? If that means that maybe you take a less talented player for the overall stability and structure of the program, you do it. And you just look at it. A lot of people were upset that he didn't get, you know, the dynamic transfers. And the one thing that he kept saying was, I'll take care of it. I know what we can get. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. You got in Courtney Ramey, you've got an all Big 12 defensive performance, a guy who's a year removed from averaging 12 points per game, uh, four assists, shooting 40% from three, and one of the better defenders in the conference. Then after that, you're like, okay, who else are you going to get? Because you struck out on Keon Brooks, who went to Washington, Kentucky transfer. And then the next one was Gerald Henderson. Gerald Henderson now is coming in here. He's out of Campbell University. And again, I get that it's Campbell University. Totally get that. But if you watch him, he looks the part. He looks exactly what you want. There's game footage of him playing Duke this past year, and he looked every bit comfortable out there playing against a team that was going to go on to the final four so that's kind of where we stand now you look ahead and the question was that so many had well can he recruit what can he do and i think a lot of people were just wondering that you know or saying to themselves all right you know 
He struck out on a lot of kids. He hasn't gotten the big time. Ty Ty Washington didn't show up here. Uh, Shaden Sharp, those losers went to Kentucky. And so, who can you get? He stuck with his blueprint, and he went with a very select few guys that they prioritized. And those guys that they prioritized were Kylan Boswell, K.J. Lewis, and we'll start there. Kylan Boswell is the point guard. It's the most important position on the court. It's You need to have a good point guard. It, or it makes life much easier if you have a really good point guard at the college level, and that's exactly what Kylan Boswell is going to be. It's also cool, too, that he's not that hyper-elite player that you know is a Mike Bibby where it's like, all right, well, your stay here is going to be really short. He's probably an NBA guy, but... It could take some. It could take some time, right there. It could take three years. And Arizona should be super excited, though, that Kylan Boswell is coming here because he fits the bill of basically everything that they need. In that he's steady. He's a dog and defender. He can hit the three. And again, while he's a good athlete, he's not next level. So that probably means that he could be a three-year guy here. So that was one of the guys you prioritized. The other one that you prioritized was KJ Lewis. Now, a lot of you guys know the background with KJ Lewis out of Texas, or uh, excuse me, uh, lives in Texas, actually lived here in Tucson for a little while as well. Um, now he's at uh, El Pat or a Duncanville High School in Texas. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that his top 40 ranking is going to go up significantly because he checks off every box. He's what a top 15 player, a top three or four shooting guard in his class is supposed to look like. Super athletic, very strong, very, uh, like I said, can get to the hoop, a very good kid, has the ability to be a lockdown defender, and that's something certainly the Lloyd, I'm sure, saw in him because he prioritized K.J. Lewis so early, and it just goes to show you, if you prioritize the right guys, that it can end up working for you. The one thing, too, that you looked at with Arizona was, what's the, who are you going to fill the rest of the roster out with? And he was able to do the exact same thing. He was able to get, or don't want to count your chickens before they hatch, but Kwame Evans Jr. This is a guy that reached out to Arizona. Now kids reach out to schools from time to time. I get that. It happens. But with Kwame Evans, what made him unique was that he was that he reached out. And not only did he reach out to Arizona, that at the time, Oregon was looked at as a the significant favorite. Well, Oregon A's doesn't have him anymore, and I mean, he's in Oregon's in their top four, but it looks like he's going to end up at Arizona, and that's because of Tommy Lloyd's recruiting blueprint right there, which makes a ton of sense if you get past it. I'll be honest with you, when I first looked at him, I'm like, what the heck is this? But if you just prioritize the kids that you want, you let them know the importance of an Arizona offer. Again, the importance of an Arizona offer, I think, is a big thing right here, because you know, it, if, a, if a kid knows that a school is offering 30 guys and he knows that a school is offering or one school is offering only a few kids and it's the kids they want, you know that that scholarship offer, that's, you know, that wasn't given out lightly right there. And I think that's what's, I think that's what's exciting about this. So again, he's shown that he can coach. He's shown that he can press the, all the right buttons. He's also shown as well, too, that he just seems to be a good dude. Now, you're not hearing a lot of bad stuff about Tommy Lloyd, nor do I think you will hear a lot of bad stuff. And I think he's just an easy guy to get along with. And 
as long as he's here, I have full confidence in his decisions because he's given Arizona fans absolutely no reason not to have the confidence in the decisions that he's making right there. So, again, big tip of the cap to Tommy Lloyd right there. And, again, we got to talk about it, especially with conference realignment. Big tip of the cap, too, to Dave Hickey and to President Robbins. You look around the landscape of college basketball, and it's loaded with presidents that don't really care about sports. Michael Crow at ASU, who thought that Larry Scott was doing a fantastic job. Then you look at the athletic directors. Some of them just don't have any idea. We got two good ones here in President Robbins, who clearly cares about athletics. And that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. And Dave Hickey, who you just look at what he inherited. You had a program that was going through scandal after scandal after scandal, it seemed, and a program that he needed to clean up or that he had to clean up when he came in here. You had the FBI stuff drop with Arizona basketball. But fast forward five years, Arizona basketball is in great shape, and uh, you look at it, football, which obviously remains to be seen, but there's every indication that Jet Fish, when he gets his own players in here, should be able to put a pretty good product out on the field because he's certainly recruiting as such. So things are a lot better now than they used to be, so again, I tip my cap to everybody involved right here as an Arizona fan. One thing also that we need to keep an eye on, though, is Built Bar. Now... You, always, you say, Mike, you talk about Built Bar all the time. Why do you always talk about Built Bar? I talk about Built Bar because Built Bar is, first of all, it's good. I'm trying to work out a little bit. I get, I'm get. i trying to work out a little bit, and I'm like a lot of other people. I don't like protein. I don't like your normal protein shakes. They're a little chalky to me. It's got a weird aftertaste where Built Bar doesn't. Built Bar, you have the – Built Bar is fantastic because you have not only – is it a great tasting bar? But it's got good protein, it's healthy for you, and you can eat it before workout, after workout, whatever you want, Built Bar has got it. All right, we're going to take a quick break right here. We're going to come back and we're going to talk the latest on conference realignment. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, there's so many rumors that are floating out there right now. Where is Arizona going to go? Are they going to go to the Pac-12? Are they going to go? Are, are they going to stay in the Pac-12? Are they going to go to the Big 12? What exactly is the latest deal right there? And the one thing that I would continue to tell people is this: if a conference loses USC and UCLA, and you replace them with SMU and San Diego State, that is not a good look. That is, quite frankly, that's an awful look because you lose the two L.A. market area schools and you replace them with SMU, who nobody cares about. I don't care about the TV in tech. Nobody cares. And San Diego State, who I've always thought should join the conference. I think that they would be a dynamite power. But San Diego State still isn't replacing the gravitas that is UCLA or USC. So you got both of those things in play right there. And what I look at is, what is the future? Can the future sustain with these schools? And I, don't, I, just, don't think, I just don't think that it can. Um, when you're a West Coast Conference school, and not the WCC, but when you're, and you don't have the LA schools, you're kind of a joke. I mean, again, I'd love to be wrong on this, but it just doesn't look good on paper. And it feels like something, too, during negotiations that Oregon and Washington are going to absolutely try to bamboozle and get as much money out of the conference TV deal. You're Arizona. You don't need to do that. You're a brand that stands on your own. 
And if I'm Arizona, I am 100% looking at the Big 12 because I think they provide you more stability. I don't think they're going anywhere either. Um, I believe that when you have some of the programs they do there, especially in basketball, that you're not going anywhere. And that's probably the way it should be. And when you're a school like Arizona, you shouldn't be having to jump jump through hoops. And if the Big 12 wants you, I would hop in with the Big 12. Again, I just don't see how... I just don't see how the Pac-12 really maintains a major entity. I mean, you just look at the Pac-12 South now, and it's Arizona, ASU, Colorado, and Utah. Okay? You got four teams. If you replace and you put SMU and you put San Diego State in there, I mean, that's SMU especially is gross. I mean, that's just filler. And uh, San Diego State is very dynamic, obviously, but... At the same stage, I don't know that anybody is going to be uh, terrified of San Diego State. There's a lot going on here. The future of the conference hinges on some decisions here. But I am glad, though, and we'll talk about this a little bit uh, coming up. I am glad, though, that it's people like Dave Heakey and President Robbins figuring this one out because they certainly get it. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back, and we're going to wrap everything up. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. Okay, now, you, uh, I just talked about every reason that I should go, Arizona should go into the Big 12. Now, I will say that Robbins and Hickey definitely have a pretty good track record right now. And they certainly want what's best for the University of Arizona. This is an every man for itself type situation, at least in my opinion, in that You've got to go with what works best for the university. After UCLA and USC jump ship, isn't it kind of all game? Isn't it kind of you know all systems go? Everything you know, you got to look out for yourself because that's what everybody else does. And if you don't look out for yourself, then you're probably going to end up in a situation that's not very good for you. And I think both these guys get it. I know both these guys get it um, because again. He, Robbins cares about Arizona athletics. I would be very concerned if we had a Michael Crow in here or another president that didn't care. I would be far more circumspect about everything that's going on. But the fact that you got Crow in there, that's a nice little, uh, some nice little, uh, or next, excuse me, Crow. You got uh, Robbins in there. You know that he's looking at the benefit of the school. And Dave Hickey as well. Dave's made, you know, since he's come in, he's cleaned up the image. He's got the, uh, the grades at an all-time high for the U of A. And basketball is in great shape. Football, again, remains to be seen, but I would imagine you're going to see a far better product on the field this year now that he's got some of his own players in there. But again, my advice would be to go to the Big 12, but I'll uh, reserve judgment to see what uh, Dave and uh, President Robbins have to say because they certainly know more than I do. All right, so touched on a lot of stuff today. Talked about how lucky we are that... We have Arizona bat, or that uh, we have Arizona basketball. That we have Tommy Lloyd, and that we have the decision makers in place that are able to make these decisions. I would imagine the next week is going to be incredibly eventful. You're probably going to have a lot of stuff going on. But again, as always, really appreciate you guys tuning in right here. Everything's going to start picking up quickly here because football is right around the corner, as you know. And then right after that, it's going to be basketball. We're going to be right back in the middle of things. And here at Locked On Wildcats, we're going to have you. We're going to have you covered from top to bottom, basically everything you need. But wanted to just talk to you a little bit about basketball and realignment right there. 
but we will be back with you. And thanks a ton. You've been listening to the Locked On Wildcats podcast.